0: You're listening to the True Life Church podcast. To learn more about True Life Church, including our service times in Melbourne, Florida, join us online at truelifemelbourne.com or find us on Facebook. Today's message comes from Lead Pastor Joshua Smith.
1: It is my privilege to welcome up at this time LaCrista Jones. Come on up. LaChrysta is here from Brevard Family Partnership. And again, please take a moment to visit uh, the table out there in our cafe. And uh, while she's coming up, and she, she may have a lot more accurate or updated statistics than this, but if you saw on our, our Facebook true. page this week, we put up some Brevard County actual numbers from 2019 to 2020. Over 500, 541 children were removed into were place into foster care and um, two-thirds of those were out of abusive or alcoholic um, addictive situations removed from those homes. So our, co- our county, it needs, it needs help. It needs hope. And it, most importantly, it needs Jesus. But LaKrista, come on up here, and uh, she's going to share some things and talk for a minute. And uh, is there anything else you'd like me to say? I'm happy to get out of your way. Okay. I'm going to get out of her way.
2: Thank you, uh, Pastor Smith. Uh, it's a great opportunity uh, to be here this morning to speak to you all about foster care. Don't know how many of you all know um, Bevard Family Partnership, but um, I met uh, Lisa Smith about uh, in 2015. I am the director over the foster care program here in Bavard Family Partnership. I've been in child welfare for over 20 years. This is truly my life calling. didn't think it was when I first started, uh, but as the years have gone on and as God has spoke to me, it's truly, truly is my life calling. Uh, and when I met Lisa, I can say it's hers to her heart, is to help children uh, to make a difference, and, uh, and like I said, I'm so glad to be here uh, this morning. Bavard Family Partnership, we... Uh, We are the lead child welfare agency here um, on the Space Coast. Uh, We transitioned from a statewide uh, foster care child welfare system in 2004. Bavard County was the last county, uh, next to the last, Miami was the last to transition to this, as we call it, community-based care. Uh, and the whole thing about in 1997 is when the legislators decided to go from a state ran system to a nonprofit community based care system. And it took from 1997 to 2004. And I started with the Department of Children and Families. Uh, so I can truly say it was the right thing to do because, again, community. It's all about our community, keeping our children. In our community, but helping our children and our families grow. Uh, we um, foster care is temporary. Uh, kids, like Pastor Mitch said, they get removed due to abuse, abandonment, or neglect. We currently we also oversee we do child prevention. Any children that cannot safely go back home. Uh, We help them find their forever family through adoption, and we also work with our, we call them our independent living children unfortunately come into care, and they cannot go back home safely, so they age out at the age of 18, so we call that independent uh, living, so we oversee all those programs, Uh, and we work with over 70 community partners here in Brevard County. Currently, we have over about 300 children that are in foster care, but we are overseeing 1,400 children here in Bavard County. 1,400. Uh, some have went home. Some have went with relative, non-relatives, and like I said, in care, and some are in group care. Uh, and so we really need um, families to step up. I mean, we know everyone can't foster uh, Fostering is very rewarding, but it's also very hard. Uh, but you have support and you have, um, you know, people like uh, our community partners and our churches to help us do this. In 2017, Bavard Family Partnership, we launched a initiative. And the initiative is called Just One. And I went to a prayer breakfast uh, probably in two, early 2017. And when I was listening to them speak, uh, someone said we have over 400 uh, churches here in Brevard County. And as I was sitting through the prayer breakfast, I'm like, wow, if I could just get one family from each of those churches, what a difference we'll make in the lives of children. We need excellent quality foster parents here for our children. And so I went back, met with my leadership, And we came up with the campaign, Just One, Just One, if we can just get one family, uh, and then the other families will wrap their support around that family. Uh, The Just One initiative, not just only about fostering, but also support, because we know everyone can foster, but we do know everyone can provide support. Uh, and that looks, you know, different ways and stuff where there's donation or having a diaper drive or, you know, dropping off a meal to a, you know, foster parents. Because our foster parents, they are truly, truly our heroes. They open up their heart. They open up their home to a child that they don't know that's coming into their home with trauma, trauma of that abuse and neglect It is so hard, but I will tell you, we have wonderful foster parents here in Bavard County, but we need more uh, because we continue to get kids uh, to come into care. In Bavard County, the number one maltreatment is substance abuse. Uh, We get uh, infants straight from the hospital up until the age of 17. And it is sad. I mean, our goal is to make sure they uh, join a family, that they're going to have an opportunity uh, to uh, <clears throat> be able to live to their full potential to get that love and nurturing care until they can go back home safely. That is, the, you know, go is to return home, but we have to see the parents change behaviors uh, before we can do that. Because our job is to uh, make sure that they are safe, especially with us, but also uh, when we return them uh, back home. So the Just One initiative is also about support. We have our, you can volunteer uh, to, you know, uh help the foster parents or volunteer to help our organizations we work uh, with a lot of uh, churches in bavard county we still need more uh, but they have our faith-based com- community since we launched this initiative has just been so excellent uh, they have really opened up and um, welcomed our families and supported them in all different kind of ways and want to continue to support them. And we've also gained some foster parents uh, from that uh, initiative, and we're going to continue, you know, to work uh, with our faith-based community uh, for our children. Uh, It's a process um, to be a foster parent. The first step is attending one of our info sessions and you'll go uh, we're doing everything virtual now and it's virtual we do it on the second and fourth uh, Tuesdays if you go to our website you will see the dates and after you attend that orientation info session uh, to see if make a decision if this is for you Uh, and then once you do that uh, we'll invite you to one of our pre-service class you have to go to a pre-service class that is uh, five weeks and everything is virtual and then after that, we'll start that home uh, a study assessment. Um, and from, so I would say from beginning to end, it's about a 90 to 120-day uh, process. Uh, we, you can be single. You can be married. Uh, we don't have no you know, age limit. You can have children, not have children. Um, <clears throat> but we walk you through uh, that process. And then after uh, you've gone through that process, the uh, Department of Children and Families will issue a license, and then you'll be able to take placement of our children uh, to come into care. And like I said, it's it's um, 24/7. We we don't you know sleep because unfortunately you know kids parents don't do you know the right things. So we we you know work, and you might get a call at one or two o'clock that there's a child that needs uh, placement. Uh, We have different type of homes. We have our traditional homes, and then we've got respite homes. Some families just said, you know, I just want to do respite, and respite is uh, maybe a foster parent has an emergency or they're going on a uh, vacation and can't take the kids with them, so they're just doing, you know, respites, uh, you know, for a couple days over the weekend. And then we've got our hotline homes, and those are homes that are only taking kids up to seven days. Uh, again, they don't want to do it full-time. Our traditional is our full-time foster parents. And so those are the three, you know, type of homes. Um, If you don't want to do that, you can, like I said, volunteer. We need, you know, volunteers, uh, you know, to help, you know, support. Uh, What else? So children, like I said, uh, all ages, origins ethnicity backgrounds you know come into care uh we're seeing a wave right now infants substance exposed infants uh that are coming into care and it's a wave like i said i've been in this field over 20 years and even when i was with case management dcf it was a wave and now you know what we're seeing is more substance exposed uh infants you know coming into care uh but like i said we Uh, It's all ages from infants, you know, to 17 uh, years old. We are looking for foster parents that are willing to open up their heart and home to treat a child like your own. Um, I am one of the instructors for our pre-service training, and I always uh, tell my perspective of foster parents uh, that we want to drop that label of foster and just say children. That's what they are—children that need love and protection until they can safely go back home. I don't go around uh, saying this is my biological, you know, daughter, Lakendra. I said this is my my daughter, and so we ask our foster parents to do this. And let's just drop this label—they're children, children that need uh, love, safety, nurturing uh, until they, you know, can go back home. So that's one of our expectations at Bavard uh, Family Partnership that you treat them like their own, and you'll be that champion, be that advocate uh, for them. And also make that connection uh, with that bio parent so when they do go back home, if they do safely, uh, that you will keep that connection and keep, you know, in contact uh, with them. Um, adoption, some of our kids, they don't go back home safely. I cannot, so... We recruit, we hold the, uh, we subcontract with another agency, but we're the lead agency, uh, and we will, uh, our foster parents have first priority if they're willing to adopt. If not, we will uh, recruit for them a forever home. Uh, s- since 2005, we have had, I be- believe, over 500 adoptions. I did adoptions for eight years. I was direct over that program. Until I moved into the foster care program in 2015, so I've touched almost everything in our system of care and adoption to see them to find their forever home is uh, it's just wonderful. It's very you know rewarding that they finally have closure and they can move on you know with their uh, new family. Uh, our independent youth, we have volunteers. Um, different programs that mentors that help our youth uh, that can't go back home Um, and when they age out, they age out of foster care, so there's different resources and stuff in our community. But we need mentors uh, for them. They don't know it all. Uh, When my daughter was 18, she didn't know it all when she went to college. She still don't know it all at 28, (laughs) you know. stuff so they need someone just think about it christmas time or the holidays you know who do they call where do they go for a meal uh, some of them still keep in contact with our foster parents um, i read an email on friday it started on thursday that this young man he's 19 now and his brother's 17 called our office uh wanted to uh he couldn't think of his caseworker he is aged out he lives, uh, I believe the email said in Georgia. And he wanted to thank the caseworker. She made an impact in his life. And so, emails started going, everybody's trying to figure out who this caseworker is. We finally figured out who the caseworker was, called the caseworker. She remembered them. She says, Wow, <laughs> I only had them on my caseload uh, for a couple of months. I didn't realize I made an impact. So we connected them because again the emails are going. And so the last email that she called him, and he, you know, thanked her. Thanked her. His mother had passed away. He's, you know, with his dad and his brother, and said, "I just want to thank you." And whatever she did for three months. That's what I said. Even in foster care, whether it's a caseworker or a foster parent, they might be in your home. For one day, 10 days, a month, a year, that footprint, that impact you make on them is gonna last a lifetime. And we saw that uh, on Thursday and Friday as the emails that Miss Judy made an impact on this young man's heart that she really didn't think uh, she had done with a short length of time and stuff, and that's what it's all about, and that's our why, I always ask my staff, what is your why, you know, remember your why, and you know, my why is to make a difference, uh, you know, in the life of a child and a family, to protect them, to strengthen that family, and stuff, so I know fostering is a, I truly believe it's a calling, and so Stop by, I could go on and on and on, I'm a talker, I love to talk, I'm a trader. (laughs) that's what I said, but I I will, uh, you know, cut it short and stuff, but I'm very passionate, I love what I do. I truly do, and our children, not only our children, but our families need us, our family need our community. We've got to keep our children in our community and keep them connected. And, uh, and support them. It only take one adult to make a difference in the life of a child, just one. And that's all I have. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I wanna invite up our leadership team to Fostering Hope. You can come on up. And LaCris, I believe you're welcome to hang up here also. We can grab some stools for y'all. we will keep yours back there. And uh, I'll grab a nose, I'll grab mine. This is the game, how many people can we fit on, on the stage here? Come front, you got you got a low stool. I was worried she didn't have arms for a second. They're hiding under that little shirt there for a second. You want a stool? You got a high stool? All right, way to make it weird, Erica. All right, you understand? You understand? All right. So this is um. Can, it sounds weird, but can we get a round of applause? These people have worked behind the scenes in planning and launching this ministry. And uh, just have, so y'all are aware of, of what's going on in our church and launching this ministry. Um, Lisa, hopefully you know Lisa. She's my wife there, Burnett there in the middle. Hi, hi Lisa. Um, why the need to start a new ministry? Why, why the need to, to start what is now Fostering Hope? Uh, well, like said, um, well... No. Let me see. There's a, oh, it's, yeah, the microphone's off. That will help. There you go. Anyone else have a microphone?
3: Can you hear me? Hello? Is it working? Okay. Um, as LaCrista said, foster care is very rewarding, but it can also um, be difficult. So we created what we call Fostering Hope to uh, start wraparound support services for foster families. And um, as it says in the Bible in James one twenty-seven. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction. And while uh, foster children might not be an orphan in the real sense of the word, they have been abandoned, abused, or neglected by their parents. So we want to step in as a church um, to help those children, but also to lift those families up. And we want to wrap around those services with uh, prayer, resources, and respite. I don't know if we have that triangle logo Um that we used to use with the children's home it just kind of symbolizes just that wraparound support so um, we're going to start out by supporting one family that is a foster family and we hope to continue to grow that service uh, maybe to even support a foster family from our own church would be really great um, so we've created four pillars of this ministry to start out with um, and they are meals uh, childcare, events and prayer so we will let the rest of the team talk more about those different pillars.
1: Sure, I want to ask you a question here it's not on my yeah, gotta throw it. Uh, here it comes. So um, there's a lot of great organizations out there uh, that partner with uh, foster care and child services. Uh, You know, we are a Baptist church, in case you don't know, uh, and there's a great, uh, you work for them, Florida Baptist Children's Home is a a great organization, but we have taken, we have chosen as this leadership team to not take that, that route. Can I ask you why? Uh,
3: Well, we actually wanted to try to keep our support local here in Brevard County. I did find out um, later that I guess there are some homes that are being licensed through um, the Children's Home. But um, Brevard Family Partnership as a lead agency, they have the licenses for the foster families. And we just thought it was really important that we support our own community. Um, We can obviously do more as the ministry grows, but we wanted to keep it local for now.
1: Sure. And, you know, I believe it's my understanding, too, that the Florida Baptist Children's Home, to be um, a foster family, you already have to have professed, you know, a relationship with Jesus Christ, right? As a requirement to be one of those homes. Now, Brevard Family Partnership is not a religious organization. It's child placement and, and assistance and foster care. They don't have that requirement, right? So by partnering with Brevard Family Partnership, not only is this a fostering opportunity, it's an evangelical opportunity. We have an opportunity to, to interact with other families in our community to be honest, who may not know Jesus. Um, and what a great opportunity. You know, there's, there's Christian folk. We'll let the Christian folk be Christian folk. But there are people who need Jesus, and, and we can wrap around not only the family, but the child is also. Um, I think that's a great opportunity. So I just wanted to pick your brain about that. Yes. I know it's something we talked about. Yeah,
3: we talked at our leadership meetings about how we want to do these tangible things to help the families, but the ultimate goal is to lead them to Christ if they don't already know him. And uh, we might be paired up with a family that are already Christians, but most likely their foster children probably aren't. Um, and so that's definitely a big mission field for those families, but also for us to try to just show the love of Christ just through th- serving them. Um, and hopefully we'll have somebody come to Christ just through our ministry.
1: All right, And they, might, they may not have a home church, so it would be a great opportunity for them too. Anyway, so, yeah, you mentioned that there are different pillars. There's events and prayer and meals and child care. So um, Amanda You are in charge of the meals pillar. I like food, so tell me more about the meals pillar.
4: Um, Yeah, so for the ministry, we've committed to one uh, meal per month. Am I? Can everyone hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, So one meal per month, that is the commitment as the ministry, um, you know, as a whole. So as far as um, folks in individual commitments, um, you can know serve one month you can select one month you can select multiple months Um, and I'll be helping to coordinate that Um, as things develop and as we uh, you know know our family and know what their preferences are and you know maybe their dietary restrictions or allergies or whatnot you know then I'll communicate that out um, to those that are interested I don't think we've talked about the sign-up sheet out front yet right okay Um, So I'll just address that real quick. We have a sign-up sheet um, out by Chris's table. And um, that, for right now, is really just um, for interest, like whatever you're interested in. So you'll write your name, your number. Um, We have our different pillars listed. You can circle whichever ones you're interested in. And then um, then we'll reach out to you, and then we'll kind of iron out some details. so yeah, I mean, definitely encourage you to, you know, if, if you want to cook, you don't have to cook. Um, you can swing by Boston Market. I mean, it's maybe not as economical, but you can, you know, serve however you'd like within the meals if you want to do one month, if you want to do five months.
3: If, you know, we're doing this for a, a year, year commitment. What do we? Yeah, um probably a year at least but it's really once we get paired up with the family and we speak with them and kind of where their desire is if it's overwhelming to them to have a meal every month that was just our basic commitment that we wanted to do um, and then hopefully to expand that as we grow Um, but it's really once we meet up with the family and kind of discuss with them but definitely at least for that long
4: yeah so it's a little fluid right now um, but we'll communicate that a little bit more
1: Right. And if our church, I mean, look around, we we can easily do at least one meal a month, right, from within our church. If there is more of a need there, we can meet that need, right? We just don't want to literally bite off more than we could chew to get started. Right. right? Yeah,
4: we'll see how it goes. Um, You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, maybe do a little extra around the holidays, like Thanksgiving, like a pie, or if someone wants to do their standard meal for the month, and then we do, you know, a pie for Thanksgiving or two pies for Thanksgiving, I don't know. Um, still, kind of working that out, but you know, Christmas too. Maybe kick it up a notch if they want the support.
1: Okay, awesome. Thanks, Amanda. Uh, now, Virginia, you're our childcare pillar. Um, what does a childcare pillar look like within the umbrella of our Fostering Hope Ministry?
3: Um, so similar to meals, we have committed to at least once a month of childcare. And once we meet the family, we'll have a better idea of what that looks like. Um, they might want a Saturday date night. They might want to go grocery shopping alone, or um, they might want care during one of their many court dates. I think a lot of people don't realize how many meetings and court dates and all of that there is um, with foster care. So to start off, we just want at least once a month. um, So if you have any interest, sign up, and then once we meet the family and know exactly what they're comfortable with and what they're interested in, we'll narrow that down. We'll provide some training and background checks.
1: cool so I hope y'all are grab grabbing the the theme of this we're gonna try to partner with a family through Bavard family partnership you track I know it's amazing right? groundbreaking <laughs> but but you know really try to you know get to know people's names as we can and and really embrace and surround a family or maybe multiple families in the future right in our own community to make a difference um, now Shannon there we go um, You don't know why we're laughing, but don't worry about it. <laughs> I got my card here. <laughs> uh, why, why are you Why are you involved in this ministry? Tell me why. Um, tell them why. Tell
5: them why. Uh, tell them why. Um, I've always been. I've always had a passion for children. Um, I've worked with children for the last 30 plus years in childcare and in mental health. And honestly, through that whole time, it's always the lost kids who really are the ones that I wanna reach out to. And what I mean by that, I can mean so many different things, but it could be the child that has a wonderful home life, but hasn't found God yet. Or the child that um, has found a new roof over their head through foster care, but doesn't feel at home yet. Um, it could be as simple as a kid who who needs to understand a concept, but needs to be taught in their way of understanding. Um, and I, I looked this up. I always want those kids to feel included, but um, I looked this up and, um, 1 John 3.18 states, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions in truth. And that's what I want to do. I want to be the action for those children.
1: That's awesome. Um, How does this role help you feel or make you feel being involved with this foster care ministry now?
5: Um, I feel empowered, honestly. I feel empowered because it was kind of funny because the child care portion of it came up. And everybody kind of looks like, hey, Shannon. And I'm like do childcare if I have to, but I want to do something, I want to reach out to something different. And with Fostering Hope this time, I want to do some, uh, I like to do the on-site events um, where the kids can come and like LaCrista spoke to, they don't have that label of foster child for the night. They're just a kid being a kid, having a good time. They get that kind of um, fun activity, fun time away from everything um, just to be a kid Um, But they also, I think it might be a good opportunity for them to build those lasting, trusting relationships that we want to give to them to be their support.
1: Okay, good. Why don't you tell me about your friend there?
5: Um, This is Virginia.
1: Uh, The fuzzy one. I've met Virginia. (laughs) You you know Virginia. I know Virginia. The the tiny, fuzzy blue one, yes.
5: (laughs) This is Sandra, my emotional support stuffy. Um, She's up here with me because uh, in September we're starting a new uh, type of Donation drive, there you go, um, called Stuffy September, and it is not all about pinkies in the air and crumpets and teacups. It is about bringing your gently loved stuffed animals to True Life Church. We don't want your new ones. We want the gently loved ones um, or the ones that are hanging on by a thread, literally. Um, we want you to bring them to us because we are partnering with somebody called, let me look it up here, we'll be partnering with Repurposed Lives, um, which is a company that uses donated Donated. That's an interesting yeah. way to say that word. Um, <laughs> donated stuffed animal components that can be safely repurposed and sold through the Etsy shop. Now, the good thing about this is 100% of the money that comes from those sales goes to um, a program with vulnerable children. Goes to um, support them. So, because we're partnering with them, we get to choose the right. We get to choose the, the organization. I'm losing words here. Um, and any materials that can't go safely into the, um, the Etsy shop will be, um, given to a textile, um, I have it written down here, I'm just going to read it. Any materials that can't be repurposed for resale will be donated to textile recyclers to help reduce textile waste. So it's a win-win.
1: All right. Yes. So we bring those all to your house?
5: Uh, no. No, you do not bring them to my house. You bring them to True Life Church. Starting next week, we'll have a box. Okay. And um, it'll be labeled, and we're going to have a special drop-off area in the church office to keep it away from young eyes, and that keeps it away from, uh, keeps children from take-backs and looking for new things to bring home (laughs) with.
1: Yeah, it's a bogo. This one's cool. I'll
5: get mine up. (laughs) let me take that one. Ooh, look at that.
1: Cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, there's also an events pillar right so I don't, I don't know if Erica you want to speak into that a little bit so we have got um, our meals pillar We we've, um, we've got stuffed animal stuff right um, we've got our child care pillar and events so talk to us about what how events and fostering hope are coming together
6: absolutely so Shannon and I are kind of sharing this pillar a little bit she's gonna be the event planner and I'm gonna be the volunteer coordinator so to host events here, obviously we're gonna need help. There's also um, events that we'll probably partner with Bavard Family Partnership to come help in events they're doing as well, so um, keep you all involved with that. We also have something at Christmas, we wanna do an angel tree um, to make sure the foster children have presents. So there'll be several components of this, but this is where we're, you know, not only serving our individual family, but serving um, some of the other foster children and families with Bavard Family Partnership. And I just have to tell y'all one small story, it's kind of funny. So so we we found out about the stuffed animal option and I was super excited because we have a lot of stuffed animals and I was like, Oh man, I'm just gonna bring boxes and da da da. And so I get home that night and in our living room, <laughs> Jack has taken all his stuffed animals and tucked them into bed, and they're all looking so cute. And it's like they heard me talking about the fact that I was about to come donate them here at the church. So anyway, um, I don't know if any of y'all can relate to having multiple stuffed animals, but um, so that's why we decided to hide the room that they're going into. So anyway, that's what that's what I have.
1: <laughs> that's good. Thanks, Erica. Uh, the final pillar... Um, if, of the Hope or Fostering Hope ministry is prayer. So Ruthie, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that prayer pillar?
0: Um, well, I missed the first couple meetings because that's what I do. I'm late to everything always. So <laughs> Thursday, I showed up late as usual, and um, prayer was what was left, and initially Lisa, Lisa looked at me and I was like, I can
1: See, can't. this really spoke to her heart. Yeah. I,
0: was <laughs> like, I was like, I can't in front of people, like, is that what you're asking me to do? I was like, I don't public speak, I can't do it. And um, so anyway, the, the prayer is basically, you know, when there's a need, um, they'll let us know whether, you know, it's an immediate need for prayer or, you know, a continuous need for prayer, and um, we'll start a text chain or an email chain or whatever. So I was like, well, I, I can send out emails and texts, I can handle that, and they won't be late. So um, so if that's something that you're interested in, you don't have to pray out loud in front of people. You don't have to stand up in front of the church with a microphone, anything like that. Um, you can just sign up for that, and you'll get an email or a text message when there's a need for prayer, and then you can be part of, of the ministry and prayer that way.
1: Cool. Thank you. As LaChrysa said earlier, there's, what, 400 churches or so in Brevard County, and if um, maybe one of y'all today have felt the... The push or the tug of your heart to maybe attend one of those informational meetings through Brevard family Partnership that if just if just one family from every single church became a foster family, we'd have four hundred foster families. Um, how How amazing could that be? So that could be a step that you might be uh, able to take. Look well, Chris, I'm sure you have some um, some more stories over twenty years in essentially what it, this is a ministry. Um, maybe would you want to share, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here, is there maybe one situation, obviously you can't get, give names or anything like that, but is there one situation that just absolutely broke your heart? Uh, and is there a different situation that just filled you with all the joy of like, that's, that's why we do what we do?
2: It's hard to say. It was just one that broke my heart. Just any time a child come into care breaks my heart because that means they have been abused uh, abandoned or neglected uh, they didn't ask you know uh to to be uh abused abandoned or neglected uh but for me it's you know again throughout the 20 some years it's just you know just one child coming in is one child too many Um, we've had some you know different you know accidents this and that that has happened but what we've had is families uh that have really come together united and just you know pour their arms and support and just you know wrap you know families are that child to make sure you know they're going to be successful uh we've got a lot of success stories uh, with our foster parents working with our biological parents, and when they get that child back, uh, just had a story not too long ago uh, that the mother was reunified with her children, and the foster mother and her had made a connection. It was first hard because any time you know I'm a parent, y'all, some of y'all are parent, can imagine to have your child taken and put with a stranger, even though it was your choice that you made uh, you're still angry and you're still a parent and that child still loved that parent but they were able to connect and uh, the foster mother was able to work with this bio mother and she said I started out she was the bio mother and now she is a friend and they come over they have you know holidays you know together Uh, and stuff and she watched the kids and that's what it's all about that's what we want when we talk about those last lonely relationships and that connection and we see a lot of those Um, another family connected with a mother and they we our last night of our pre-service class we bring our seasoned foster parents uh, do a panel like this to speak to our uh, prospective foster parents and we had a bowel mother and a foster parent on and she said that on paper she didn't, you know, look good at all, but they gave her a chance, and now she goes to church with them. That I mean, they're one of our faith-based families, and they go to church together. And that is just so awesome. That That's what we want. That, like you said, you know, bringing people, uh, you know, to Christ, maybe not knowing. And a lot of our, I will tell you, a lot of our families, uh, I have seen families, children now that I had when I was a caseworker, they were children, now they're grown and we have their children. we got to break that cycle. We've got to break that cycle. So working with our faith-based community and our churches, hopefully we can, and with this family uh Hopefully they've brought that cycle, and mother is now, you know, going to church to children and everything. And so that's what it's, you know, all about is breaking that cycle uh, and hopefully, you know, working with true life. We can, you know, make that difference, you all, in the life of a child and, and a parent.
1: Sure. Thank you. Y'all, we, you think we can make a difference? I do. I think we're called to make a difference. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but God is in the business of adoption. If you're a son or daughter of Christ today, you have been adopted into his family. And about two to three kids a month, based on that average, are being adopted into forever homes right here in our county. Um, We can be a part of that work. And maybe that will lead you to a road to adopt or be able to adopt in the future. But God is in the business of adoption. And so I'm excited today because as a church, we know there's a problem. We've, we can see it in our communities. And we may have talked about this, but today begins being part of the solution. And not just talking, but action. So how are some, uh, we'll close out with Lisa again. What are some next steps that uh, are important here at our church to grow, belong, or serve? What are some next steps that our, our people can be involved with fostering hope? What can we do next?
3: Well, first of all, we have our sign-up sheet on LaCrista's table out there. Um, It's not signing a commitment right now. We just want to gauge the interest. Um, If you can put your name and phone number down, and then we have all four of the pillars out next to the line, and so just circle as many of them as you're interested in learning more about. Um, Obviously, we want you to pray about how you're going to be involved, Um, but not only praying for that, but praying for this ministry in general, praying for the selection process as we work with Brevard Family Partnership to um, get lined up with a family. Um, We kind of as a team had talked about um, maybe looking at a family that is fostering teens because we know that that's a very hard place to be. Um, They come with a lot of um, baggage maybe and chips on their shoulders. Um, And so that's kind of been our preference and kind of praying about finding a family that fosters teens. Um, so be praying for that family for those foster parents and for the children that come into their care but also um, their biological children um, because they're affected as well Um, and then also be praying just for the foster care system in general Um, and then if you've been feeling kind of a tug on your heart about looking into fostering for yourself and your family, Um, please feel free to talk to LaCrista after. You can always talk to me. I've worked indirectly in the foster care system for many years, Um, so I've been around, and I know a lot about it, and it's a big passion of mine. Um, So you can always feel free to talk to me about that. And um, really just be praying for um, just as children in general. I don't know if we have the statistics But I was able to pull some numbers from the Department of Children and Families, and this is for the month of July only um, and for Brevard County only. Um, So there is a hotline that you can call um, to anonymously report if you think that a child's being abused or neglected or abandoned. Um, And so just in the month of July, there was one thousand one hundred and seventy one reports to the hotline just for our county um and then i was kind of shocked to see this number because usually when i pull these reports the numbers are in the 30s but it said for the month of july there were 57 children that were removed from their homes in our county so that's almost two children a day in the month being taken from their homes Um, there are currently 876 children in our county in out-of-home care so they could be with a relative or a non-relative which is uh, like maybe a friend of the family Um, And then 446 of those children are in licensed foster homes. And, Krista, I don't know if this number changed since I asked you, but uh, currently there's 173 licensed foster homes for those 446 children. Um, So I'm sure a lot of your homes are on override caps where you might be licensed for two kids, but you have three or four because they don't have anywhere else for them to go. Um, So our foster homes are overworked, probably underpaid, um, but... They um, they just really need our support. We need more homes. Um, so just be praying about that. That's really the biggest thing. I know that we said that the prayer pillar was kind of the last one picked, but it honestly is the most important one. Um, and then we also want to make sure that we update you guys, too, with um, different prayer requests that come our way for the ministry. Okay. Oh, and bring your, yeah. yep.
1: bring your stuffies. stuffed animals starting next week. Yeah, overflow the office with with stuffed animals. Um Church, I hope those numbers break your heart. They do mine. But at the same time, we know where we can be of service, right? There is an identifiable boom. I mean, there's the need. There's a big need in our community. And, you know, if uh, you want to share something anything else? Yeah, yeah Ruthie, Sorry. yeah, go ahead. No, Sorry. yeah, please.
0: This wasn't planned at all. Um, we, I make a lot of jokes Deal with, I don't know, not knowing how to process emotions, I guess, correctly. And so, you know, we made jokes in our meeting the other night about why we were doing this. Um, My kids are in those numbers. And I felt. I know what this church can do when it comes to support. We had the meals, the childcare, you know, helping me pack Delaney's things up when I had to pack her things up. This with her dad. Uh, helping me move. You know, we moved from our beautiful brand new apartment that we'd only been in for six months into we lovingly refer to it as the shoebox. <laughs> I've stopped calling it a bad word, and now we just call it a shoebox. <laughs> um, it's really small. <laughs> and when, you know, after I finished work the other night and we were getting ready for the meeting, I was trying to get the kids together, and my parents were asking what the meeting was about, and I was telling them, and Morgan turned around, and she goes, you're going to start fostering now? She's like, where are we going to put them? <laughs> and, <laughs> because my kids have known that, you know, this is something that I've, I've felt called to do for a really long time and, you know, between being married to a soldier and moving around every few years and then the divorce and everything that's happened the past year at home, you know, it's just, it's not something that I'm able to do. And so I was excited to get plugged into this and then got covid and you know missed the first meeting and and everything but um I, i didn't expect when josh first started talking about the numbers and the statistics i didn't expect it to hit me as hard as it did and like i said i i know what this church can do i know that we're capable of this and you know whether there's 50 people here or 150 people here it's we had we had what, 12 men show up to help me move out of the apartment that day? Like, my parents were joking about it. My dad was like, I don't even know 12 people. <laughs> it was like, there's no way that, I mean, I, I expected, I think when we first started talking, it was what, like four, maybe? And I think there were 12 men, plus the Decatur boys showed up. And let me tell you, those those boys, <laughs> they were great. They were bringing down the little boxes and you know helping load the van and everything, and um, Oliver, I don't know where Brad and Bethany are, but Oliver was on top of that, <laughs> um, or Lincoln, sorry. But um, but yeah, it's, that's all. It's just I I know what this church can do. I've felt it, and I know that we can do this for somebody else. I know that it makes a difference. It's made a difference for me and the kids, and so.
1: No, thank you for sharing that. It's a reminder that behind every one of those numbers is a name. It's a person. It's a situation. And, you know, beginning today, this is, this is something when said. you know, hey, what church do you go to? I'll go to True Life Church. I know about True Life Church. They, they can know what we're known for. We're known for living without abandon and boldness for Jesus. And we can be known for making a difference in our community in the foster care area and partnering with families right here in Brevard County. So church, I'm excited about that. They're going to be probably hanging out in our cafe. If you have any questions, you can visit the sign-up table out there and talk afterwards. Um, But can we give this wonderful team uh, a hand for all that they've done? Thank you so much.